everybody and uh, welcome. My name is Jean Gallagher and welcome to show number 12, Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better, where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life balance. And through this series, we'll be talking to women business owners to understand their journey. And today I'm excited for part two <laughs> with Megan and Lacey. And instead of me reading their bios, I why don't you guys introduce yourselves and a little bit about your background and then we'll get started. Megan, you wanna go first? Sure, yeah. Um, I'm Megan Militello. I was an air traffic controller in the army for a long time. And then I got out and did that for a while. <clears throat> and then uh, that was my life. That was my whole life. <laughs> and then everything changed. And now we've been doing Elevated Oats. It's a granola company here in Anchorage, Alaska uh, with my best friend from the army, which is super cool. And yeah, that's me. Lacey, your turn. Okay, I'm Lacey Hernandez. I am the chief creative officer at Elevated Oats. I also served in the army. Um, I've been almost 10 years and I was an air traffic controller as well. Right now I live in North Carolina and I'm actually a military spouse as well. My husband has um, just less than two years before he retires. <laughs> That's fantastic. And so again, thank you for both your service too. And so we, we, uh, we started this that the last time that we talked, we, we delved a little bit into it. And I know that we're going to cross over and talk a little bit more similarly about some of the subjects we talked about, but I really wanted to understand. And what's, what's interesting and maybe unusual for a lot of folks that are in business with business partners, you guys have a couple of miles between you logistically, right? And a couple of hours between you logistic, logistically as well. So that, that, that um, throws another, another um, piece of coordination into business, doesn't it? It definitely adds a layer of challenge. <laughs> I like how you put that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a positive spin on it. So how do you, so you use a specific planning software to do that, right? Yeah, we yeah. use Asana. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, we and, use this program called Asana and it, it's like a program or project management tool. And so how does that work for both of you? Or how do you integrate your daily responsibilities within that? Go ahead, Lacey. Oh my gosh, this thing is, I, I even use it for my own personal. I just kind of just add in my own personal schedule into Asana. I use it as almost like a calendar or a to-do app. It's kind of both of those mixed with Excel. So um, we've built it out pretty extensively. I think, you know, our background as air traffic controllers allowed us to kind of look understand systems and we've gotten a lot of compliments from people who have seen our asana <laughs> wow wow so it's multi-layered oh yeah oh yeah and the time too that we've invested into it like we pay for the higher version but really we're the the way that we're able to do it it feels almost like it's another person because we're able to keep everything so separate and really track so many tasks at once and so the the um the process of managing this is really similar to what you dealt with being in air you're doing air traffic control for granola right pretty much kind of <laughs> <laughs> we definitely use those skills in this 
um, in building a business, like just knowing, you know, do it the right way the first time. So you don't have to go back and take more time to fix things, you know, um, being very precise, like taking chances, always moving forward, like no matter what things aren't stopping. So kind of always having to adjust and function as, as we go. Wow. That's, and so how did you all met in, in service during your service time, correct? And you were, and how did that all come together? I let Megan tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> I was a late deployer and we, Lacey was in Iraq already and you had been there for like nine or 10 months already when yeah, I had we, gotten there. We got extended is what it was. Um, and so she wouldn't have come normally, but we went from 12 months to being there for 15. So when we found out we had long enough for her to be able to come and get her first, uh, CTO rating, which didn't even happen because I was actually only there five months and you need six months, but it was good. It was good to kind of go and become part of the team, not necessarily like being back in the unit. And then your whole company is there, like having this experience together. And if they come back, it's like, okay, yeah, now I'm new. It, it was mm. nice to kind of go there and get into what the job was, meet the people. And yeah, that's where Lacey and I met. We we're both air traffic controllers and very Iraq, fast so, friends. Yeah. yeah, in Iraq. Yeah, <laughs> in Iraq. <laughs> yeah. And, and so once you, once you both came back, did you stay connected or... Um, after you were done with the service or how did that work how long were you in Hawaii until you left oh uh, well we went on the second deployment so we ended up it was two years until our second deployment and we deployed again for it ended up being 10 months instead of 12 wow. um we went to the same place cops biker in Iraq and then shortly after uh we got back I ended up getting pregnant and getting out of the military so it was only like nine months, I think. But we had a good three, four years, I think, yeah. working together. Um, really, too, like, I don't even know. There was one point in time where there were 13 females in the company. But what was the lowest? Do you remember? I think, I think it was only like 11. Yeah. So we, we didn't really have a lot of women to connect with either. Mm -hmm. And then you're not even supposed to connect with certain people once you hit certain ranks. So really that number is like dwindled mm -hmm. anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So we spent a lot of time together, but I think that kind of comes with military. Like you don't have, you're not with your family. You're in a new place. You're creating these bonds with people. Um, and yeah, just having fun together, you know, like working and then, I remember some of the parties that we would go to and things we would do, just being kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were young. Those many years ago, many years ago. Because those things that we don't, you don't talk about anymore, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can only tell um, your kids when they're much older. <laughs> yeah. And so once you, um, once you get, oh, go ahead, Lacey, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Once you, your turn. <laughs> once we got out of the, like I got out of the military and then my husband was still in, he PCS'd, which is, you know, moving to Alabama. And so we were separated from there. And I think, I forget what year you got out, Megan. I got out in 2012. 
Okay. So it was shortly, it was like a year after I got out that Mm -hmm. you got out. And so I remember she had come to visit me in Alabama when my son was born. And then when she got out, she went to California and we were in contact for that a good, good while, but I ended up getting back in the military. And it was right around then, I think that we really kind of separated for like four or five years before we had like a phone call. (laughs) And it was kind of like a phone call, like, Hey, do you remember this guy's wife's name? Yeah. Figure it out. (laughs) Isn't it funny how little conversations like that turn into so many big things, but you've got to make that initial contact of just a conversation. Yeah. 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 And it never felt like we like lost anything Mm -hmm. really too. Once we came back together. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so interesting too, because it led into like, I wanted a logo for a, a health coaching business and then everything just shifted, shifted. And so granola, how did that happen? That was the shift. Um, I left a, I left a relationship, this, this kind of catalyst, this huge change. I was in my dad's basement, Lacey and I, we reconnected about like, Hey, I need some labels and a logo. And I'm like, I can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) And then healing too, from the traumas and what, you know, you're changing your life. You're like separating yourself from this whole identity that you've created over years and and you're choosing to put your whole self out there and put yourself on the line. And it was a lot. And um, I think we both really helped each other to transform into better people. Is that when you moved to Alaska, Megan? That was when I moved to Alaska, yeah. Yeah. And do you think that the location being in Alaska helped the healing process? Hmm, I would say so yes it's very small and everybody is really nice here and you have just the most beautiful things to see like anywhere you go it is it's magical it's been magical she says small but it's not small not compared to (laughs) North Carolina where I am but I get what she means (laughs) and and so that's that's kind of interesting that the the outside portion, right? And we talk about how the outside makes the inside better and through that healing process. And so whether you're in Alaska or or North Carolina and going through what you both went through, through the service and then transitioning out, do you think that that was a big aspect of your healing or continuing to grow process? I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I certainly do. I mean, um, I I have been going through since I got out of the military in 2016 for the second time. I've been going through what I feel like is very a lot of isolation. You know, the military provides this like you know brother and sisterhood, and then when you leave and you get out, and I don't know anybody because I'm a military spouse. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts can start to take a turn, and. Um, <laughs> So, you know, when Megan and I reconnected, it was a lot of healing, you know, it was just, it was that community again. And, you know, she's really taught me that you can build that community Mm -hmm. um, yourself. You don't have to wait around for it to come to find you. And I would also think it would also help because you guys have such a, a deep connection and so many commonalities that there's a lot of explaining that you don't have to do, right? One understands where the other one's at. We speak each other's language. And I think we both 
know where we're at in our healing process and the things that we're going through and being there and being supportive and holding space and like really being a great friend to the other person, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we just happen to also work together. And so building that bond and relationship like helps us with communicating better or understanding each other's boundaries or where we're at or how things are affecting us. And there's always that challenge of being in business and being friends or being friends in business, right? And <laughs> Lacey, huh? <laughs> I, I, I think I've put Megan through so much this year. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have definitely have some commitment issues. <laughs> and so I've been like, I don't want to do this. I do want to do this. I don't want to do this. I do want to do this. I don't know if I can do this. Um, but she's really allowed me that space to, you know, figure out what resonates with me. Mm -hmm. That's, that's fantastic. And, and so, and so how granola, so you, Megan, you said that you were transitioning from a health coaching, um, to, and you ended up with granola. How did you, how did you stop at granola or what really brought you to that? I had this thought. I wanted to help people be healthier. Ultimately, I'm like, I want you to just take better care of yourself. Like think about what you're putting in your body. Um, and I was like, well, I can do like a restaurant or cafe because I really like food and working out is one thing like telling someone, yeah, you can do all these things, but really the food, like that's so important. You can't just like eat junk and then work out for an hour and think that that's counteracting each other. Um, and then a cafe, I was like, well, I don't really feel like like I like eating with people. I don't like just cooking for someone. And I was like, I have this awesome, this awesome granola. <laughs> I just happen to have this awesome recipe. And I'm like, this is so easy to make. This is, would be a great thing to spread to people. Um, I didn't even think about what it really could be or envision mm -hmm. what it actually could lead to. It was just like, this is something that I can share with more people. Um, and then it just kind of kept going from there. And so for us, it's so much more than just the granola. Like we spread this message of mental awareness. We do group hikes. Like Lacey's actually going to do one in North Carolina this weekend. And I'm right. doing one here in Alaska um, to promote getting outside and moving your body because that affects your mental everything, just like the food that we eat. That's fantastic. And, and so we've got a little background noise. There it goes. Okay. So, uh, so, so you're both doing, you're both doing hikes. Is this something new that you've created or you've been doing this for a while? Megan's been doing this for a few months in Alaska and um, literally just today, we decided to add one here in North Carolina on the same day. And, you know, I don't have a huge community at my disposal, but I do have the build here community still because my husband's a recruiter. So we're like getting those people involved. And it's really cool to see already people messaging me like, hey, are you going to do this again? Because it was short notice because um, they are interested. So it's cool. That's fantastic. And there, there's some really great Facebook pages for even specifically for women in hiking that, that there's got to be some, because you're so close to the AT, there's got to be some in your area. I know that there are, that that might be a really great resource too, um, that totally. just to connect and create a community or support a community that's already there. Yeah. 
So, so we let's do, talk. Well, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say we do a lot of sharing in those Facebook groups when we do have these kind of hikes coming mm -hmm. up. Um, yes, definitely a great resource. And that's also a great resource for getting your granola out as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're not like pushy salesy with the granola. Mm -hmm. So it really is just um, like, we want it to speak for itself. Like just try it kind of yeah. thing. So let's talk, let's talk granola a little bit and let's talk about business in Alaska, right? So it's gotta be different doing, creating a business in Alaska than it is the lower 48, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well logistically yes <laughs> yeah logistically we do have a lot of different challenges um there's interesting too because the state is so small it's not a lot of people you're not you become well known really fast and like you get into the places that are with your target audience really fast um so now our goals are kind of to move outside of the state which is going to be a different challenge you know like mm -hmm. getting things in now we got to get things out right yeah. And so you started with one flavor, correct? Or did you start with multiples? I actually started with four. Okay. We, we had an idea, like one recipe was the whole idea. And then it was like, well, you can't just have one. And my dad was like, I would love a chocolate granola. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's, let's do something. So you do a little Pinteresting and then try something out. Um, Originally, it was called Dark and Salty. It is so amazing. Now it's called Salted Cocoa Crunch. Uh, it's our crunchiest granola and has such a low amount of sugar in it, um, like nine ingredients, I think. It's, it's a great snack, just a great snack. And then it was like, well, if we can do this other one with bananas, like having this wet base, like we should be able to do it with something else. Like I'm pretty sure that we can use beets. And then it was like thinking of this beet recipe and making this really beautiful pink granola that has such a unique flavor. I can't even describe it. It's like earthy and savory, but then the tang from the cranberries, it's delicious. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was just kind of like, well, we should be able to do this with something else. Let's try carrots. And then it's just kind of kept going like that. Uh, we just started doing test flavors and our last one, we used blueberries and lemon juice and colored mm. it with a tea. Like, oh, we're wow. Getting to the point now to where we can actually have fun and be creative with it and then share that with our community and our base too. Wow. That's fantastic. I love that. I love the creativeness and, and I, I'm a huge fan of beets <laughs> in all kinds of food. And, and I love the fact that you, you kind of jump the shark and put a vegetable in your breakfast because it's the second it's ingredient. Such, yeah. It's not a little bit. We put a lot in there. <laughs> and in the color the colors are just phenomenal there's nothing like a, a good fuchsia beet color totally yeah it's fun mm -hmm. yeah and that's the other part it's fun and when you when you can have fun doing something totally different and honestly if you don't this is don't take it so seriously right and you're able to step back and and have a good time with it and you know i see that you do some quick videos on the website too, Megan, right? Yeah. Yeah. We do like little TikToks or recipes um, and also outdoor things, trying to promote that idea, get that thought going in your head. And so you're currently selling on shelves in Alaska. Yes. Yes. 
and but people can order granola outside of Alaska too, correct? You can oh, ship to the lower 48. Yes. Yes. And so what's your target market for in stores right now? Where are you? Where do you have your product? Oh, go ahead, dear. Well, we have our product <laughs> right now. We have our product in over 40 like locations. Um, we have Kaladi Brothers, which is a well-known um, coffee joint in Alaska. They're in 17 locations alone. And I guess you could count us as being in Seattle because that's where Kaladi is too. Um, and then a lot of what we have is the small independent like retailers in Alaska, but we're also in New Sagaya and natural pantry. Yeah. Yeah. Those are our natural grocers here in the state. Mm -hmm. and, and then we're and getting into the largest chain here too, Three Bears. It's a local grocery chain. Um, wow. we're, we just became a new vendor for them. So we're just waiting for the order and going to pack, pack a lot of boxes. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so how long, so when did you start Elevated Oats? Uh, the whole thing was kind of conceived in August, 2019, and then mm -hmm. got the lease on the factory January 1st, 2020. So it was kind of, it just kind of happened so fast and like kept running with it so fast. And we were selling wholesale and online by April of 2020, right? So really COVID, yeah yeah that's we didn't know something was going to happen and then it happened <laughs> yeah. And, yeah and so did that affect you at all yeah <laughs> I think it yeah. made us build a, <laughs> it made us build a factory um <laughs> really yeah. it's like um she was doing the cottage food before that and you know COVID kind of hit and then the shows were being canceled so it's like how do you keep moving forward um would you just go wholesale? You're like, okay, fine. We'll build a factory. And so we kind of focus store shelves. Yeah. Wow. So what's the process? So you, you started as a cottage industry or a cottage license, right? And then, right. so then if you go wholesale, is that still considered cottage or how does that work? You have to have a, um, you have to be manufacturing in a DEC approved kitchen, which is through the state of Alaska mm -hmm. or whatever state you're in. And so we filed paperwork, um, have a whole floor plan with all of our stuff. We have recipes sent in, we have our packaging process. So all the things that we have to go through to create it. Uh, nutrition labels, I think, are mm -hmm. not required unless you're selling over 100,000 units in a year. But we still put nutrition labels on our stuff because immediately too, that was something that people really wanted. Like people love mm -hmm. nutrition labels, it's easier to read. Um, same thing with gluten-free. Gluten-free is really big right now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then you just, then you have your space. Now, if you are a person that's new trying to get into it, because I will say for us getting that factory space and then working on it the way that we have, it's been a big investment. We have spent a lot in overhead continuing to have this space and build out our systems and change our packaging, like figure out the market, test everything um, versus say getting a co-packer and paying higher prices to have mm -hmm. your product, but not paying that overhead or renting a space in a factory. Like we have a um, girl that rents 
uh, rents the kitchen like every few hour, a few hours a week and she makes jams and she's selling wholesale now. And she's like, oh, I just got a new wholesale account. And it's like, heck yeah, girl, you get it. <laughs> and so she's expanding her business, which is great for us because when she comes in, she cooks a little bit more hours. But at some point, you know, depending on how you build your business, mm-hmm. you're going to have that operation more at capacity, which is ultimately our goal too. Well, that's fantastic that you're able to help elevate others. <laughs> yeah. And then it helps us with yeah. maintaining our overhead. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because I know that um, it's sometimes it's very difficult to find kitchen areas that are plug and play approved for totally. people that are um, producing on a small, smaller level. Yeah. Yeah. So what were, were some of the challenges that you had going from small to building your own factory? Oh, oh we, we don't have enough time for that. One <laughs> <laughs> of the challenges, I think it's really come down to being a leader, like learning how to delegate and how mm-hmm. to kind of get people working in the right zone, knowing what moves to make next. Oh my gosh. That's like the most challenging thing. I feel like always questioning, like, is this going to be the right thing? I don't know. Let's just try something. Um, yeah. What do you got, Lacey? Yeah. I actually think that's a really good one right there because like in the military, they definitely teach us like make a decision. Any decision is better than no decision. And that's like really helped, I think with the entrepreneurial journey because mm-hmm. a lot of people say you know air traffic control is like oh it's one of the most stressful jobs i think entrepreneur needs to be higher than <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one yeah, prepared fall- me for this. <laughs> it, it's like falling forward right you have to you have to make a you have to make do an action because otherwise you have inaction but if you're falling at least you're falling forward and doing something and you're going to learn from that too totally just get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. exactly. And so have your, your product, your product lines, where your packaging has changed over time too, right? Yeah. Oh What's fun about that though, let me say, because Lacey designs all of our packaging and um, we've changed it really fast. Like we haven't been around very long, but when you have someone in-house like that can we can make these changes and we take all the things that we've learned and we're just like oh my gosh this is how to talk to these people like to our people this is what they want you know this is what they don't see going and getting in front of people and being like oh um they can't tell that it's gluten-free or they're always looking at this part of the bag or whatever it is just kind of trying to see how people interact with what we're giving them mm-hmm and yeah. so with Lacey being able to do that dynamically, it, I can see how that makes a difference. And have you seen a, really an evolution on your packaging of where it started from where it is? Oh yeah, it's completely different. <laughs> it's, it was, you know, craft paper bags with some labels on it to begin with. And then we went to these black bags with like glossy, um, trying to get this like luxury feel. And actually I graduated from college this year for with my bachelor's in graphic design so I when I redid these bags to the ones that we have now um, the lighter colored ones I actually contacted a professor and was like hey can you critique this bag for me and he was like oh my gosh I'm so happy that you changed from this black bag because it just makes me think it's so heavy and so dense 
And I was wow. like, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> so I'm making that, a better decision. <laughs> that's interesting. You don't need, I would never, well, I have like zero creativeness inside. So I can't even comment on this, but I never would have connected a color of the bag to how dense or how heavy or it would feel to somebody. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. A whole psychology. (laughs) And, and so what do you think some of your biggest wins are, have been? Oh, we just won 2021 veteran startup of the year through the Rosie network, which we're like, oh my gosh, we're a granola company. (laughs) You're kidding. So tell me more about that. So what is, what is the, what is the classification or the qualifications and what is the award? Uh, it was a veteran or military spouse, I think, startup, so less than three years in business. Um, they had several categories. The Rosie Award or the Rosie Network is for military entrepreneurs. It's a great resource. They do different shows and things. Um, so they had all these different categories, and I put in for this one for us, and I was just like, this is about the team. I'm like, we've built something that's from this to this and just a quick little application. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you're a finalist. And then I was like, oh man, do, do we have to do anything? And <laughs> there was nothing else. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you won. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like what? It's just been mind blowing. We also did something else. We became, we did this um, military entrepreneurship challenge and we were mm-hmm. finalists in that. And it was this really big pitch competition. Um, the the eligibility requirements, I don't know, but there were businesses we were going up against that were like 10 years old, 12 years old. And it was kind of like, wow, we made it even into this Mm -hmm. and we're pretty new. That's amazing. And so what do you think, what, what is it about your business? Do you think that caught their eye or that really put you on the top? Do you, do you know? (laughs) <laughs> we tell, we tell, a lot of people tell us it's the story. Um, I, I was in a Patriot boot camp, which is a, a thing. F- it's a boot camp. I don't even know how to explain it. Basically, like an accelerator. Point. Yes, that's accelerator? what it is. Mm-hmm. And most of it was like mentor um, based. And I got to speak to the, one of the VCs from uh, Google. And he told me, he's like, well, you know, it's like a granola and two women veterans like uh, mental health, he said, it doesn't take much to make me feel good to buy your product. Wow. That's so really like, nice. Hey. And I think yeah, for us nice. too, it was very nice. And for us, like we're very humble. Like we don't, we have a hard time with even feeling good enough or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. been a process of growth, like trying to become uh, more into our potential just people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's a, it's so interesting to kind of hear what people think and say and just keep putting it out there and we don't do it for like, that's not what we're doing it for. Mm-hmm. We want to help you we, become a better person, really. I think it's the, I think it's that authenticity, you know, like that's what we're showing. We're, we're trying to walk the walk and talk the talk and it means something different for everyone. So like, Megan and I, we, while we have this, you know, common bond, we still have like different interests. So like what we're putting out there is different and people, I think that resonates with people. Like I can be myself and still be part of your crew, you know? 
Mm-hmm. I like the I like the authentic word that you use, Lacey, because I think that's really true. Because you are being yourselves, doing something that's really important, and you're not changing who you are in order to do that. One hundred percent. Trying. We actually we actually do certain things where we're like we're gonna make sure that we do this so that we're not kind of going in that same conditioning route that we mm-hmm. would have done in the past. Yeah. And so tell me, you mentioned the last time we talked, the entrepreneurial circle in In Alaska, in Alaska. So tell me, what is that? Uh, It's just a tight knit community here. It's since, since it's a small town, like I would say not a lot of people are doing things, but that's all perception. Right. Um, So the people that are doing things know the people that are doing things Mm -hmm. and everybody kind of helps each other out. Like you're they're on the forefront of their mind. Oh yeah, I think um, this person needs one of these or whatever. Very sharing and mm-hmm. supportive. Yeah, totally. I think they, totally. From the outside perspective, it looks. It definitely seems to me like they really care about their community. You know, like mm-hmm. I remember growing up and and my mom would be like talking about the Richies or you know like the popular people. And what I didn't realize, you know, like as a kid's perspective, like why she's like talking like that. But at the end of the day, it was jealousy. And what I understand now from that community there is that like the Richies or the popular people are the people who make your community run. Like Mm -hmm. that's why their name is everywhere because they're the business owners. They're the ones looking out for each other, making that economy grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, every time you say Alaska and small in the same sentence, it makes me laugh (laughs) because Alaska is (laughs) is so big, but I can understand that small town feel to even Anchorage, right? Even a larger city because it is so supportive of each other. That's, That's unique. Do you think that, do you think that being in Alaska has actually helped your business grow more than if you were still in California or doing this in North Carolina? I personally, I do think so. I think that we've been able to build a very solid brand and, and grassroots kind of base here. Um, California for me, in my head, it would be very cluttered. Like you're trying to fight through the competition Mm. with us in Alaska. Like we don't even have granola competition locally. So mm-hmm. we're kind of already a step ahead, um, which is great. So then it's just like, how do we get bigger than Alaska? Like that's kind of yeah. the focus. Cluttered. That's an interesting. That's an interesting analogy. I really like it because I can understand how, if you're in a, a, a an area that allows growth, and um, you, rather than you're able to be who you are and develop your, like you said, develop your brand versus being in competition from day one with so many people, your brand doesn't have a chance to evolve like it's supposed to, if that makes sense. I'm not a marketer and I don't play one on TV, but that's what I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely been a lot easier to, you know, cut through the noise, I think. Yeah, that, yes, exactly. Yeah, that's really fantastic. So what's next? Where do you, what's, you have lots of space in your warehouse to allow growth, right? Or, or your factory or wherever. We're building shelves. We've been <laughs> building extra shelves. 
Um, we do have a little bit of space, but it's definitely something that is like in the thought process, like, hey, maybe we're going to need somewhere to distribute or something, or maybe we ship a container down to the lower 48 and distribute. Like there are different challenges as we scale that we will have to face, mm -hmm. but we'll face them like when we get there. Mm -hmm. um, the next thing we have going on is two wholesale shows. We have one here in Alaska that's like for gifts specifically, but we have a really big one coming up. It's the Natural Product Expo West in Anaheim, California in March. Mm. And that's going to have like 60,000 attendees, which is projected. And that's with COVID. Like normally they have 90,000 attendees. Wow. It's all business to business. Um, this is where Bob's Red Mill really like was seen for the first time. And mm -hmm. I think that we're going to make a big splash there. Wow. That's totally. exciting. So yeah. how do you, how do you prep for that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we talked to a lot of people. We're calling people. We're like, Hey, have, do you know anybody that's been to this show? And then what do you think? What do you deal with? Um, just gaining knowledge so that we can be as prepared as possible going into it. And so <laughs> How much product, so how much product, what do you produce on a regular basis right now? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. I'm well, we just sure. switched from like six ounce bags to eight ounce bags. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like hard when we say pro, when we say units, it's kind of hard to distinguish right now what the unit is technically. Mm -hmm. uh, how much granola do we bake, you know? Yeah, we're, we're baking hundreds of pounds, definitely, of granola. I mean, we're to the point to where we get orders for, we got a 50-pound order of bulk granola, so not just in bags. Like, we have these other ways that we sell granola, too, to, like, local businesses that, say, mm -hmm. serve it at their hotel or something. I can give you a um, rough estimate. <laughs> <laughs> we, we think that we can make about 2,500 units a day right now so we're making about 1250 a month right now we have we have capacity to grow here wow that's yeah fantastic. we have a lot of capacity to grow that's fantastic because for for lots of small businesses being able to go to start to expand your production is really can be a showstopper yeah. We actually know people that are in the position where they are, they have back orders for weeks, like five, mm -hmm. six weeks. And I'm just like, I want to, I want us to be in a pinch. Let us hire someone else. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I would like it to be more of that flowing machine. It's just about balancing everything, everything out. Yeah. One of those, be careful what you wish for, because <laughs> you'll be doing that. Right? Wow, it was so good when we were... <laughs> Totally. <laughs> yeah. And so there's plenty of room for growth, right? And so you're able to do individual bags for personal use or doing bulk for, like you said, for hotels or restaurants or whatever that happens to be. So that really gets you into all kinds of different markets. Yes. Yeah. We've been able to spread throughout Alaska pretty nicely because like we've even been incorporated into the gelato like at the gelato place here oh so different little partnerships with local businesses we're on a couple different acai bowls around town um mm -hmm. yeah it's nice every that's the part where everybody's helping everybody else you know we're promoting their local businesses and then they're promoting our local business 
And that supportive community also must help you develop new product too, because you can see how your product interacts with somebody else's product. And so that gives you an extra platform or creative piece to be say, gee, I wonder if we did it this way, would it go with this thing? Totally. So is it hard getting, getting supplies to you in Alaska? Down here, we're having, you know, there's so many stories about so many supplies that just, just aren't making it to the store. I don't actually think that we've had too many issues as a business. Like we haven't ran into that challenge. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe waiting for certain things <clears throat> shipping wise to take a little bit longer, but I don't think we've gotten really in a pinch. Uh, the only thing I can think of is our packaging at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. we, the first time we ordered custom packaging, like having it printed, um, it did kind of get lost on the way to Alaska. Um, but I think because like we lived in Hawaii, you know, when we were in the military. So being in that island environment is a lot like being in Alaska. You're used to waiting longer for things because you know, it takes longer. Totally. Yeah. Correct expectations, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you plan so, for it, you know? Okay, yeah. Well, that's, that, that's good. As long as if it's in the plan and it's not a surprise, then that also helps manage the stress level a little so so the anaheim show in march that's really going to be that could be a game changer yeah i think we're waiting until then to like really decide where we want to target next um because you know we're doing well in alaska but we want to be like the worst fear would be that you know we, a distributor get us and then nobody knows who we are and then they, we don't sell you know like that's just the worst case scenario um, but if we could kind of control it a little bit, like we see who was interested in us and be like, okay, we're going to target Oregon or Seattle next or something like that. Right. Pacific Northwest, then, easy to get easier to get to and similar, you know, there's a lot of diverse communities, Seattle, Portland, Vancouver. And then do different things with that too. Like put some effort into the marketing in those areas so that we can start building that name so that people see it and associate and give it a try. Awesome. That's fantastic. So the, the company, there's so many, what, what would you need from the community? What would you like to ask for people? What do you think you need? Oh, I think we need, well, we want people to buy our product because we want to increase our capacity. Like that's what we want. Truth be told, that's what we want. We want um, people love to also <laughs> choose, choose yourself when it comes to what you're eating, like add color into your diet. Like that's the easiest way to add nutrients, add nutrients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not, add some not color. color skittles but you know like yes. <laughs> color from skittles color from skittles is not nutrient <laughs> yes so have a salad it's kind of like you have to change your whole taste buds like you have to change your process um it's a lifestyle it's not just a diet it's not just it's not just putting in that one hike and then that's it right it's mm -hmm. continually working towards it and knowing that you know, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a race. We're not running into something. We're so used to having this instant gratification. So like, slow down, take your time. 
into mm. good things. That's wonderful. And so where do people find your product? You can find us online at elevatedoats.com, which is super easy. We have a subscription-based program there too. It's our granola club. That's where we do our test flavors where we're coming out with a new flavor every quarter. So right now is lemon berry muffin. Our next flavor we're thinking about is maybe a mango habanero, which mm. I'm really excited about. <laughs> um, and so that's right. Excited about the creativity part. Uh, and you can also find us in locations throughout Alaska and hopefully like locations wherever you're at. And if you think that there's a location that would fit elevated oats yeah let us know like we would love to try talking to them and getting it out there more wonderful thank you thank you so much thank you for part two i was really excited when we start we talked for part one and i know that we just didn't there's so much we didn't get to so part two yes i would love to add a milestone that i thought of (laughs) yes please um we actually just had our first employees one year anniversary yesterday wow Wow. Yeah. So that was very exciting. Um, I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's been a year. That kind of like was like, oh my gosh, it's been so like, I can't believe the time just flies by. Uh, yeah. So very exciting. That's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Thanks. Thank you so much for your time today. And uh, thanks so much for sharing your stories. And I appreciate it. It's been wonderful talking with you both. Yeah. Thank thanks you. For having us. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.